Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Jenna Ipcar. Hello. And all the way from Iowa, live via Skype, is Joe Grabinski. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Joe runs a great Twitter account called Amazon Movie Reviews. It's got over 100,000 followers. You probably are subscribing to it right now if you're listening to this. It seems to be a favorite among uh, film people. And basic gist of the site is, well, let me let me have him explain it actually. Sure. Um, actually, it's it's just essentially screenshots of Amazon reviews. The large majority of them I come across myself. Basically, the, my only criteria is do I find them humorous or interesting? And uh, I tweet them out from there. A small percentage, I'd say, you know, maybe 10% or so are, are uh, submitted by uh, or reader submissions or follower submissions. But it's just me uh, trying to show people what's out there on Amazon. One of my favorites, I mean, this is one that you actually, this is one that you have pinned on the top. This is like, this gives you the idea of the Twitter immediately, which is for the Wolf of Wall Street, one star, there were no wolves in this movie. <laughs> I particularly love that one because they're actually, I don't know if you noticed, but there actually is a movie called Wolves of Wall Street instead of Wolf of Wall Street, which came out, I think around like 2000, which is yes. actually about werewolves on Wall Street. And it's a horrible movie, and you have to check out the trailer if you haven't seen that already on YouTube. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, I, I wasn't sure what, what era it came out. I have not seen it, but I, I a few people brought that up in the comments, and I'd heard of it before, too. So you can give the guy some credit for maybe confusing it with a movie that six people have seen versus <laughs> a, a, a $100 million blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Jenna, what's a, what's a favorite of yours? I gotta, there, there's so many. I agree with Cody. This is like probably one of the best things on Twitter. And it's so simple and it's so hilarious for so many reasons. But one that made me really laugh was uh, a one-star review for the movie Frozen with the title Junk! Exclamation point. And all it says is, I don't see what's so great about this movie. I went through much worse during the war in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little bit guilty tweeting that one out. Every now and then I, I give some consideration first, but... Um, it, it was too good to pass up. How did this start out? How did this come about? I'll try not to make it uh, too long of a spiel, but um, I've always been a self-professed film buff, and I'd purchase like 100 to 200 movies a year on Amazon, uh, dating back to when I was in college like uh, 12 years ago. Um, and I'd just always get a kick out of the funny reviews I'd stumble across, and I'd email them to my brothers. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years, give or take. And I, they're always the types of things you'd hear people say in real life, but they're, you know, amazingly archived on Amazon. Like, it reminds me of a time when I was at Hollywood Video in college running a movie, and I heard his, a guy yell at his wife, you know I only like torture movies. <laughs> and I, I just stood there, you know, in absolute disbelief. Um, and I'd always found those things interesting, aside from the fact that he was yelling at his wife. But, you know, I just continue to come across these over the years. And last year in June, really on the fly, I just thought, hey, I'm going to throw these on a Twitter account. I really had no idea that it would be successful or I never gave consideration to wh whether anyone was doing it. I just thought, hey, let's put these somewhere. I think I subconsciously thought I'd get, you know, 50 to 100 followers who shared my sense of humor. Um, I mean, and it immediately took off uh, within 24 hours. Main reason being my, bro my older brother is a filmmaker, a writer, director. He actually wrote the new Rennie Harlan movie, which is filming right now. Oh, wow. I, told him, I told him about it the next day. He tweeted it out to his you know, 5,000 followers. And then I got 250 followers that day, 1,000 nice. in 24 hours. And so it just went out of control. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, it's really taken off. Like, 
you know, the certain famous people that I adore that I follow, you know, they're following it, such as like Neil Hamburger and whatnot. And yeah, I, w- I wouldn't even dare try to name drop, but I, I just, it's been absolutely astonishing as a film fan, you know, trapped in Iowa, you know, with the brother who's in the industry, it was pretty darn exciting to, you know, kind of be part of the conversation on some of these things. So it's just been, I, I don't even know what to say. Absolutely. I think we should talk about what makes these like so hilarious. Let's break it down a little bit because I've noticed as you're going through them, like they, they all seem to fall under a, like a couple different subsections of, of like themes for what their comments are about. And I bet that, that you would know this better than me as the, as the tweeter. But I, I, I noticed a couple that I wrote down. There are comments that are saying the movies, calling the movie unrealistic, complaining about subtitles, complaining that the movie's not literal to the title, <laughs> <laughs> complaining that the movie isn't religious enough. And then I, as a reviewer, made a mistake buying the wrong film. So this film gets one star. (laughs) You know, and Cody had kind of mentioned something on Twitter about, you know, what are the what what are some of the subsets you see? And I would have naturally assumed there was maybe five. You know, it seems like after a while you kind of see everything. But I kind of out of curiosity started going through. There's been like 800 tweets thus far. And I really found, believe it or not, 25 distinct categories. There are about eight that I found really interesting. The ones we'll throw out that aren't interesting, that speak for themselves are, like you said, the religious fanatics. There's a lot of racist, sexist, misogynistic tweets, which speak for themselves. People talking about their sex life or erections in the reviews. (laughs) And those are mainly associated with like Magic Mike, Under the Skin, Fifty Shades. And the obvious subtitle, black and white, full screen versus widescreen complaints. Right. Those are the ones that speak for themselves. But yeah, I, I have found some really interesting subsets that you see time and time again. The first one are people who are completely missing the point of the movie. They're almost getting the exact opposite of what the movie is trying to accomplish. Like a review for 12 Years a Slave. I actually sent this out yesterday. Uh, it was pretty successful or popular, whatever. It gave it one star, and the reviewer's name was Kindle Customer, and he said, I did not like the treatment of people. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm I'm pretty sure was inherent of the point of the movie. Um, Yeah, I think that was a pretty key factor in (laughs) it being relevant, yeah. (laughs) And and here's a review for uh, Exorcist titled Creepy Movie, two stars. (laughs) Um, She said, I've watched that and got scared. I will never buy that ever again. Chill into my spine. Thank you so much. Have a nice week. <laughs> so, I mean, people just, uh, the movie is the scariest movie of all time. I, and, and you're giving it a, a negative review because it's scary. I, I just found those two pretty interesting. Yeah, there. I, I also, there were some of them. I want to hear the rest of them. Don't let me uh, interrupt you too long. But no. there's ones I thought had also were just genuinely good points about the film. Oh, absolutely. That's like, a category. Um, I had here Jaws for the movie Jaws, The Revenge. Five stars. Awesome. I love that shark. I didn't know that sharks can harbor revenge. I wonder <laughs> if that can be proven. You never know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, guess, I guess that can't. I guess that cannot be proven. But I would think it's probably not true. Or actually, I love this review for Birdman, which was two out of five stars, and it says this movie was made for New York douchebags. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Do all you right. guys have any? You guys have any uh, comments on that review? I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Even if you like it, it's not inaccurate. You know. Yeah, exactly. Another uh, one more I'll throw out there is for Toy Story, which says five stars. It is an amazing story of toys. <laughs> <laughs> 
and a common response I get to the majority of reviews is they're not wrong. You know, the reviewer's not necessarily wrong, which is, you know, they're not wrong at face value. But oftentimes, even doing the review in the first place is, is the, the funny part about it. Um, a, a real funny category, I think, is where people find inspiration from strange sources. For instance, I'll, I'll read a couple of these. They're real short. And then m maybe in their totality, you'll see what I'm saying. But a review for a jury duty five stars classic by Corey. He says, I watched this movie to prepare for jury duty. I now know what to do when I am summoned to court. <laughs> Another one was for the movie Click, five stars by uh, Mr. Jimenez. He says, that movie saved my marriage. <laughs> yeah, I love, and, uh, I love reviews that raise more questions <laughs> than they answer. Yeah, that tell They're a story. Yeah. He's what, telling what? a story about who the heck he is. And one more in that category was Planes, Fire, and Rescue by Super Matt. He says, this movie was very inspirational and uplifting. I am now pursuing a career in aerial <laughs> firefighting as a pilot. <laughs> See, I love so that a crazy CGI movie can produce that effect. On that. <laughs> one of my favorites along those lines was for As Above, So Below. And it's five stars and it's by Cheryl. And her review was, my daughter and her sister, in quotation marks, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's just, that's like a movie. I want to see that movie. <laughs> the world's worst stepmother. I, I just don't even know what she was getting at. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was another category uh, was bad parents, you know, reviewing movies. And that was one of the ones I'd highlighted. Another one was Annabelle, a five-star review by Brian saying, this scared the crap out of me to where I threw out all my daughter's dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I want to know more. Like, who are these people? Yeah, that's like yes. chapter one in whatever story that is <laughs> yeah, that I need to hear. Yeah, the next story. Yeah. Love it. One thing that, I mean, when you brought up like going on Amazon and coming across these bad reviews and everything, I mean, I remember that distinctly. I've been doing that for years. I'm like yourself. I collect movies. I buy movies off Amazon all the time. And one of the things that I would always get really pissed off about is when they would review the actual seller, like if they bought it on the marketplace, they would review the mar Amazon marketplace seller on the actual product review. So they would be like, you know, item came damaged one star. And that always really, really bugged me because it would throw off like a movie's rating and everything. The, be the best example I can think of that, and obviously I'm very familiar with these. I've forgotten many of them, but a more recent one of that was a Thelma and Louise review, which this is probably my personal favorite. But the person gave Thelma and Louise one star. It says, I received the DVD in a rush hour soundtrack case. <laughs> <laughs> along a, along with the DVD was a CD called Pump Your Fist Hip Hop Inspired by the Black Panthers. <laughs> Wait, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd probably be happy to yeah, receive how, that. How yeah, is five that star. not a five star? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great deal. Yeah. Um, and, a, and one other real funny one like that is a, a Big Hero 6. More recently, someone gave it one star because they were unable to watch due to constant power outages. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> you see, you got to love Amazon. Has there ever been any response from them so far to what you're doing? You know, um, I've seen some Amazon employees who follow the account. Um, there was an Amazon or an article written in the Business Insider about the account in which there was a disclaimer at the beginning saying Jeff Bezos is an investor in Business Insider, mm. uh, the CEO of Amazon. So I'm guessing, you know, somebody at Amazon would probably have that run by them. The only thing I didn't like is for a while, people could click on my links and go purchase items on Amazon and I'd get a kickback for that. 
Right. Um, but that that uh, quickly fell apart. But I, I I did that for about 12 hours and sold 300 items through Amazon oh, on nice. my account. So I was like, man, I've I've struck gold here. Never my intent. This was done, you know, six months into the account. But Amazon didn't like that. And when I've talked to him, you know, I'm just talking to some employee who probably doesn't see the big picture, and and they're just dismissive. So, right. um, but no, I haven't I haven't had them try to shut me down or or anything like that. Um, I don't know that they could. I don't know that they dislike it. One funny thing I did notice is Amazon UK has a new feature where they highlight the comical reviews from their own website. Oh, nice. Um, and and it, it starts out with an introduction as some of our customers have put in time writing funny reviews and we thought you could nominate them and highlight them. I don't know if they were trying to <laughs> knock me out of business by having that exist on their <laughs> own site. I don't know. But um, other than that, no, I can't say any. I haven't heard anything. One thing I've noticed is that you can sort of some of the ones you can see like maybe somebody was intentionally being like funny and being tongue in cheek and sarcastic or whatever. Does that affect it for you? Do you prefer the ones that seem like very natural or the ones that, you know, somebody oh, I came absolutely clever? prefer. I initially preferred for 100 percent to be serious. And right. There are actually some pretty darn good ways to verify that. I try not to share them because then there's people who are trying to intentionally get on the account. So if yeah. I tell them what I look for, they'll try to circumvent that. But there are a couple that, like, there was a review for Christian Mingle the movie, um, where somebody compared it to J Date the movie and OK Cupid the movie, and I thought that was funny. There are some that it's obvious they're trolling, and I think that'd be clear to the followers. Probably my biggest pet peeve of the account is I'll get lambasted every other review by people saying that's not funny, that's not real, and I have it on good. You know, it seems real consistent with what the other reviews that person has written well before my account existed. So right. um, I do, for the most part, try to do my due diligence, but a few will slip through. But I, I would I would comfortably say like 75 to 80 percent I've confirmed are as real as far as you can. That's so. great to hear, actually, that you're taking it that seriously, because that's I mean, that's the, the thing about the Internet is that once something becomes cool and everybody wants to do it, you know, it's it, it, as crazy as it sounds. I think there's like probably about 10 good ways to verify whether somebody is doing it intentionally. And some things I, I, I'll commonly respond with the Wikipedia article for Poe's Law, which is just essentially that it's hard to differentiate between, you know, people who are ridiculous um, intentionally who or who are just ridiculous people. Um, so there's certain ones that I just can't tell. Um, but I, tr I do my best to not be an idiot and just be retweeting, you know, junk or tweeting out junk. So do you think so? what it's like the age median? Are these just like either 16 year old boys and like 55 year old moms? Like, <laughs> I, I think it's actually everybody. You'll have people, you know, acknowledge their age. They'll give I had someone give Lincoln one star because they couldn't hear it. Uh, and then, they, <laughs> and then they, they went on to say they were over 100 years old. Or another guy gave John Favreau's chef one star because his dad purchased his elderly father purchased it on accident and his card was charged. <laughs> <laughs> and so you re you really seem to get a, it, it's just just about anybody. I haven't really seen a trend in terms of what type of person or age. Are there ones you've gotten just like way too many of like of a certain type or Oh man, I you know, I wish I could think of what it is offhand. Cuz um, I remember I sent you one the other day. I mean, that's how we started talking. Was I, I sent in a submission and um, it was just one you'd seen like a million times. Let me pull it up real quick. The Fat City one you sent me was excellent. I can't remember what the first one was, but there are, I don't get that many follower submissions, but there are things that 
unfortunately, I spend too much time on this, you know, probably an hour to hour and a half a day. I have young children. So while they're watching whatever they watch on TV sitting next to me, I can scroll through these. But you do start to see things just over and over. Here, I found the one that I first uh, sent to you before the Fat City one. This was uh, this was for the raid, too. And it was great movie. And this was by Edgar. And he said, love the movie. And he gave it one star. <laughs> yes, yes. So apparently you, know, you get that one a lot, which is on, a common on, mistake, I guess. Some movies just have a ridiculous amount of reviews. Like Frozen probably has 10,000 reviews. Wolf of Wall Street, 9,000. That's why I use those frequently. Um, and if you go to any movie with a lot of reviews, you'll see probably like 10 examples where someone gives it a terrible review and they give it, they, they, they hated the movie and they accidentally gave it five stars and they loved the movie and accidentally <laughs> gave it one star. You'll see that quite a bit. But it, it is funny every time. And, it, you know, in isolation, people would get a kick out of it. Yeah. I just pulled up the, uh, the Fat City one that I sent you that we were referencing. <laughs> it went, um, title of the review was Fat City. And the review was, this was my mistake. I meant to order FAT City and ordered this by mistake. I did not even watch it, so I can't really rate it. And they gave it one star. <laughs> <laughs> and it was F.A. Yeah, F.A.T. City. I, I looked that up. You know, it takes 10 seconds to just Google something before I send it out there. And yeah, I think that was like some PBS training video about some something out there. <laughs> so they were trying to order some training video for work and got a, is that a John Houston movie? I can't remember. Yeah, Fat City is a John Houston movie. Great, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great film. So how do you pick which movie to uh, to go to? Is it just movies that you personally like or just movies like, as you said, Frozen Wolf of Wall Street that you know have a ton of reviews that you can just mine for gold in there? I probably watch, uh, you know, five or six movies a week. I watch something every night, but sometimes it's a TV or something. So if I see a new movie, I'll go just for fun. I did this even before the account just to read people's reactions to it. I, I can't tell you why. But if it's a movie I've recently watched, I'll go look it up while it's fresh in my mind so I can get a sense of, you know, a lot of these reviews I have to have seen the movie to get the joke and followers do too. Um, but it's there's really no rhyme or reason. I guess I'll tell you guys one big secret, which I don't think is that big of a deal. But my biggest tweets come from Prime Movies, Amazon Prime free movies. Mm. Um, it's an absolute goldmine because people will watch Spring Breakers, you know, a, a 60 year old who doesn't know what it is, who wants to see some breasts, he'll tell you, <laughs> or you'll have people, you'll have people just unassumingly step, uh, come across a movie that they have no business watching, turn it off after five minutes and write the scathing review. <laughs> um, and so anytime a new movie's added to prime, like Jake Gyllenhaal's enemy has 3000 one star reviews. And uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I was going to ask about enemy. Oh, and I have a bunch of those and people are just so freaking confused by it. Or, or there, um, another, another funny one is people like going to watch all of Chris Hemworth's movies after they're Thor fans or Benedict Cumberbatch and watching an older movie they were featured in um, on Prime. And the, the, the greatest comedy to me comes from people who are just have no idea what they're watching in advance and just have no business reviewing it afterwards. One of the things that I've noticed on Amazon too is that um, like I love the movie They Came Together. Have you seen that one yet? I have not. It's I mean, that's probably like my favorite movie I've seen in a long time. Great movie. And um, if you go on the Amazon page for it, you see five star reviews from people that absolutely get the movie. And you see a lot of one star reviews from people that absolutely did not get it whatsoever. And for a movie like that, where like you either get it or you don't get it, you know, it's a it's a very funny David Wayne film that came out last year with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. And I think it like 
the people that really liked Amy Poehler and other stuff, or maybe they have like crushes on Paul Rudd. So they checked it out and like all of it just went over their head completely. <laughs> so it has like, it has two stars on Amazon, but it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. But you just see tons and tons and tons of people who just do not get what was funny about the movie whatsoever. They're like this, there was nothing funny about this. Someone sent me a hysterical one-star review of They Came Together. Um, but some, you know, I just have to see the movie because I don't know, you know, I've I've sent out probably three reviews that I've had to delete because I, I, I hadn't seen the movie. One was a recent Bugs Life review I sent out and I thought the review was funny, but the review just ended up making no sense whatsoever. Was, it, was that the Ants one? No, 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 no. Those that was great. That somebody was said, <laughs> that's one of my favorites. No, that one was great. But somebody sent a one star review of Bugs Life because the grasshoppers spoke Spanish. Uh, the bad guys were grad grasshoppers and spoke Spanish. And naturally, I assume the grasshoppers did speak Spanish because the reviewer said that. Um, but the grasshoppers didn't. <laughs> so, so the review just didn't make sense at all. That's still pretty so, great. Yeah, I enjoyed the, it. The Bugs Life one that I loved was that. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but the, it was like a dad and he said he gave it five stars and the review was just me and my son pretended we were ants. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have I have the review here. It's the the entirety of the review is my nephew and I pretend to be ants. <laughs> Oh, and that, that's a that's a non uh, just a straight nonsense category. There's nothing to attribute that. <laughs> to. I guess what's so funny. I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of what makes these so hilarious. I think in part, look that the text, seeing how they're written with like either bad grammar or poor capitalization, right? Like, either all caps or no caps. Yeah, or, or just like strange, like strangely written, no spacing. That kind of stuff makes me laugh. And then. I guess this to the idea that these people like like you see them come up on a pedestal and like uh, you know excuse me I just want to say one thing you know and like that's all <laughs> yeah, they this have is, to say. this is their moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think the um to me you know the 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 common saying is you know truth is stranger than fiction. To me it's just kind of fascinating to me that all of this exists out there and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But I also think it's insightful too for filmmakers because a lot of times you know, you can kind of be insulated in the film industry um, and not really know how the general public perceives things. And I don't by any means think my account is representative of the general public. Right. But I, I think it, I think people just get a kick out of it because so many times you just take for granted how people are viewing movies. And there's, like I said, 25 different categories of just bizarre reviews. And within each category, the subsets, there's, you know, as many as 10 to 100 just reviews that I've come across thus far. So there's just quite a different or differing array of what people think of cinema and film as. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, how, and how they walk out of it. So we have some questions from, uh, we put out, you know, that we were going to be recording this. So we have some questions from people for you, from uh, sure. some fans of the show. All right. Here's one from Brad. He goes, how do you, Joe, feel about user generated criticism? Do you think it was a worthwhile addition to websites or a failed experiment? You know, I mean, we live in a free speech country and I think as a whole, you know, it'll all come out in the wash. You know, the, there will be more positive reviews for good movies and more negative. But I've just seen some astonishing, like we said, spring breakers because it's on Amazon Prime, because people are just looking at the cover or they're Selena Gomez fans. A movie that I think is great will have 3,000 one-star reviews and 400 five-star reviews. Right. And I think the more 
I don't want to use the term artistic, something more specific than that, but the more avant-garde. Yeah, there yeah, there you go. The the more a movie is pushing the boundaries, the more it's going to be penalized because you're going to have people coming across it unassumingly. Now, if it's a blockbuster movie, you know, Transformers, which is a, a blockbuster that is not particularly good, the new one, Extinction, versus a blockbuster movie that's great, uh, you'll kind of see the differentiation there. The Captain America Winter Soldier will get its credit versus another blockbuster. But I think it does penalize a movie like Spring Breakers, which will, you know, may be dismissed because of its rating when it really shouldn't be. And it's similar to that Paul Rudd movie you mentioned. Yeah, they came together. Yes. One of the things that I found like most helpful on Amazon is when people will actually take the time to warn you if like a particular transfer is bad or if it's non-anamorphic or Absolutely. if there's something wrong with the DVD. Like I like people letting me know. And that's what I look for as far as something helpful when it comes to like DVD reviews or whatever. Or if it's like, you know, a review of like a chair or something. Like I like when people talk about the actual, um, you know, problems with the the actual item. And it's a shame because you don't see that as much on Amazon anymore. It seems like mostly people just talk about their feelings on the movie, which has obviously yielded some like really hilarious results. I get the sense that uh, most of these um, uh, reviews just come out of the fact that Amazon prompts you, hey, do you want to review this? And people probably think, you know, oh shit, I have to. (laughs) Now I have to review this just in order to get to the next page, which is like a sort of like UX kind of so it's almost a litmus test for intelligence in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> they don't realize they can skip the. Uh, I don't even. Yeah, I get, I get the sense that some people feel like they're not allowed to purchase another movie until they review <laughs> this one. Yeah, I mean, they, you really get a sense of urgency. Like people will all caps. Uh, you should be paying me for these reviews. I'm a consumer in all caps. <laughs> Why are you making me do this? I've seen that a number of times. Oh and, my god! And, and and it's just you don't. I, I've I've purchased. Uh, literally two to 300 items a year. In addition to movies, I do all my buying on Amazon over a decade and I've never come across that. So uh, I'm sure I checked the box back when I signed up that said I don't want emails. But even if I did, I've purchased a house and a car before and got a survey about the house and I didn't do it because it wasn't worth my time. I can't fathom feeling obligated to review uh, Ernest Goes to Jail. (laughs) You know, so I, I don't know where people get that. And Netflix is really big on that. Netflix is the one where they like, fuck, they'll nag you for the rest of your life. Like, hey, you watch this movie for like two seconds. What did you think? Why didn't you like it? What's going on? <laughs> Netflix is weird too, though, because I realized that the, the reviews that they show you is tailored to you. It's what they think you're going to like. Really? Yeah. It's not because the what, reviews. Yeah. What, what you will see as a five star movie for you is and that maybe I won't like is a two star movie for me. Oh, my God. But we'll see the same reviews. So it's interesting. It's like they'll just think- I have a friend who does that. His name's uh Brian Collins. Shout out to Brian. He's a uh, What up Brian? Wor- <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh he works in various a- avenues of the film industry, but yeah, he has an Excel spreadsheet or some type of spreadsheet and it's a side job for him. Netflix, he's an employee of Netflix just watching movies and making recommendations. You know, I don't know I don't know what the formula is, but yeah, that's humans doing that. <laughs> Oh, I'm wow. glad it's actually humans. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. good at least. Yeah, there is a human element to it, definitely. Well, that's interesting because it, 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 it tends to be right. I, you know, like occasionally it's off or at least I'll be like, yeah, all right, you know, that, I don't like that movie, but I can see why you thought I would have. You know? It's in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they get interesting people to do it. He had he had did this thing called Horror Movie a Day, where he watched one horror movie a day for five years, and they have him doing their horror movies. So wow. they they are fi- they are finding extremely knowledgeable people to do that. I think so. That's, that's really cool. interesting. Yeah, that's a great job, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I've tried to get him to uh, help me out with that, but he said I'm that one thousandth person to ask him that. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, you have another question for uh, Joe? All right. Let's see. The next one is from Eric. Well, we kind of we kind of covered this one. It says, "Can you tell if a confounding Amazon review is actually dumb on purpose for trolling, or you know, or or just normal?" I guess we sort of covered that. Come on, Eric. Sure. We, we covered that already. But how about all right? <laughs> how about this one? Brad has a, a second part to his question. He goes, "Also, do you ever feel inspired to write Amazon and slash or IMDb movie reviews?" So I think um, I, we can that can branch out even to like what movies? What movies do you like, Joe? Tell us more. Ooh, well, you well, said Spring Breakers, and we we absolutely love that one here. Jenna, did you like it, or did you even? I see actually it? haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I, I need to. It's on my list. A bunch <laughs> of the reviewers for Smug Film fucking love that one. I love it. Well, you know, I very rarely get answer, I ask that question, so I'll answer real quickly. But with film being a, a visual medium, I'm really attracted to production design and cinematography. You know, a way a way a movie makes me feel, as opposed to comedies. I don't really get into much, but like Alien and Aliens are my one and two favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Basically, based on the creature design, production design. I like Dario Argento movies, like Suspiria, which is the backdrop yeah. of my Twitter account. Yeah, I noticed um, that. I was yeah, going to bring that up. Eh? Actually. Yeah, yeah, the production design and cinematography, like obvious names like Lynch and Cronenberg. But I, I really like, you know, a way a movie makes me feel as opposed to, uh, you know, plot driven or dialogue type thing. So those are the movies that I like. But I, I try to watch uh, virtually everything short of comedy and, and some drama for the most part. Do you write reviews? Um, I don't. A few times I have, I mean, probably like five times ever. And I've since deleted them now that I'm doing this account because I don't <laughs> want I don't want there to be any conflict of interest there. Um, but, you know, if somebody's really trashing, like I remember when the Friday the 13th Blu-ray box set came out, which I'd wanted for like five, 10 years. And it had like 100 one star reviews before it even came out. I felt compelled to go and write a five star review. You know, if I if I really want to like champion a film or yeah, I feel or anything, that. yeah, I, I very rarely you know will feel compelled to do that. What was the problem with that one? Why were they giving it one star? Because it didn't have the deleted scenes for each movie. Oh my god, and they'll never fucking rest with that shit. The Friday the Thirteenth no, people. No, and I mean, come on, fr- yeah, the, the, it's the very obsessive fans, and I guess you'll give them some credit, but really, they're they're it's a glorious box set. They got the rights from different, you know, production companies to put that out, right. similar to Halloween. Um, and it, you know, and it's quite an undertaking, and it and it was great. So to, to give something a one star for some really really nerdy nitpicky reason, I just I didn't get the kick out of that. Yeah, there's sometimes where that's valid. Like I found with like older cartoons, like Tom and Jerry and stuff. Like the fans that really take the company to task on Amazon give one stars because they like cut stuff out of these cartoons and they said it was like the definitive edition and whatnot. Like sure. I like that sort of thing, but. The Friday the Thirteenth thing—that's been going on forever, and it's like it's a very nitpicky complaint, and it's a shame because, like you said, it's a great fucking set. And and I agree with you. I was going to say earlier, one of my favorite reviews—I think it was within like the first five I did—was William Friedkin, one of my favorite director directors, actually on Amazon himself giving his own movie one star. 
because it was they said it was a director approved transfer and it wasn't. Oh, wow. So if you if if you go look at the movie Sorcerer, William Friedkin himself, and it's been confirmed since that it was actually him. <laughs> he's reviewing his own movies on Amazon. That's great. So there's probably there's probably got to be a better avenue for him to do that, but hey, he wanted to go direct to the source. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm glad he finally got to put out Sorcerer the way that he wanted after so many years. You know, to live and die in L.A. is, you know, in my top 10 films of all time. I still haven't seen Sorcerer. I've seen, you know, Cruising, all of his other, you know, kind of obscure movies. But Sorcerer is one of the number one movies I want to get to eventually. Yeah, well, now's the time to watch it now that you can really, really see it, you know. Oh, yeah. I actually had purchased it a while ago when it was a full frame transfer and I just, you know, threw it in the trash. (laughs) Yeah, I, I digress. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and then we're going to be back with some mailbag questions. So see you soon. And now, Chloe Peltier reviewing a movie she's seen parts of while working at the theater. Okay, so for once, I'm not just reviewing a film that I've only seen parts of while working at the theater. I'm reviewing an entire film. I finally got to see Chappie, and I ventured outside of the Alamo to see it but it was worth it. I really, really enjoyed it. I can see why the other smug film people enjoyed it. The interactions between everyone, uh, the way that they talk and the way that they pick up the way each other talks and his movements, the way that they evolve from the beginning to the end and everything is just extremely well done. And it's just such a sweet, simple story. Uh, If I could venture to say why I think uh, it wasn't selling as many tickets and Alamo got rid of it and everything, I'd say it might actually have to do with the things that make it cool, which is just like the way that people talk and stuff. I think it kind of like, because it's so unique and strange, it might distract people from actually following the story because they're paying so much attention to the strange little nuances. But really it is a very simple, sweet story with a very good message. And it seems way more about humans than robots. And I think that everyone should go see it. I think it's a slow burn. I think that in the future, maybe when it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff, it'll be more popular and be recognized as something greater than what it's recognized as right now. Thanks, Chloe. And now back to the show. All right. This first question is from George and he asks, what should I watch right now? Like right now? Oh my God. Does Um, that mean new? I mean, Can I jump in? Yeah, yes. please. I just went and saw It Follows theatrically. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. Maybe you did or didn't like Heard it. Heard of it. Didn't a, see it yet. I was sitting there, probably should have been watching the movie, but I was trying to think of the last time I'd seen a horror movie, a straight horror movie that good. So many times. As you opposed know, to a gay the, horror movie? Yeah. Wah, yeah, wah. I thought of that. I thought of that. <laughs> um, as opposed to like a horror comedy or a slasher flick or... I just couldn't think of since maybe the original Nightmare on Elm Street or Evil Dead, a movie that was played straight. It has an amazing score, a Spring Breakers vibe, cinematography, Mm. um, incredibly well-composed shots. Uh, I was actually disturbed by it, but it it has like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, if that means anything to anybody, which it doesn't to me. But it was just, I was just floored as a horror fan watching it. And it just came out on Friday in theaters. As a spoiler phobe, I went into that and I was just mesmerized by it, truthfully. Do you nice. like going to movies like knowing absolutely nothing sometimes? Well, I generally know enough 
like people I respect like something and that's all I need to know. Mm. I, I'm kind of director driven. If I like if I like the direct I go see movies generally based on what they've previously directed. This was kind Same of an exception. Here, yeah. But Spring Breakers I love Harmony Corrine. I didn't really like his other movies, but I really liked, you know, him pushing the envelope. I could tell it would be different. I'll go see any Cronenberg, I'll go see any whatever. Who if if I like what they've done previously, so I don't necessarily need to know what it's about right. um to go see it. Yeah, I always go see whatever Woody Allen movie for instance, Absolutely. like, yeah. just, you know, it's like, you know what you're getting, you know, that there's going to be some good stuff there. Like it's, it, it's something to make an event out of Wes Anderson used to be that guy for me. And then, you know, Moonrise and Budapest, I just wasn't feeling. And now I'm like, uh, I don't know if he's old Mr. Reliable anymore for me personally. I find that I I'll, heard you talk about, go ahead. I'll do that too with, um, with actors. Uh, you know, if I like one actor like Killian Murphy, I always follow when I see him in a movie, I'll at least check it out. If I not, if not go see it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Joe? Oh, I was just going to say, I'd, uh, two points to both of you. Um, I'd heard you previously on another episode, talk about Grand Budapest hotel. And I've actually had the opposite experience with Wes Anderson. Oh, really? I really like, I really liked bottle rocket Rushmore. Um, and Royal Tenenbaums to a degree. And then I kind of got tired of Wes Anderson. And then in kind of in order, Fantastic Fox, Moonrise, I was kind of re reinvigorated into Wes, An Wes, Wes Anderson, but everyone has a different experience. That's interesting. Um, yeah, he seems yeah, like one of those yeah. guys. Everybody has their own specific favorites and the ones that just didn't work for them. Yeah, the, the, his kind of middle period, uh, Life Aquatic, as far as production design is absolutely amazing but and another thing i what you said we're saying about killian murphy i've always kind of wondered with actors you know if you if you find any great actor they've made like five to ten bad movies so i'm always somehow i i just can't trust seeing a movie based on an actor alone but i guess it also depends on i'm probably not watching movies for acting or dialogue so maybe that's why i'm not going to see those i think it depends on the actor because some actors are really vocal about how they they're they're carefully choosing and they have the luxury of being able to choose and they'll choose based on directors they'll be like hey i, I loved what this director did and now he's doing a new movie of course i'll say yes and yeah eventually uh, you know like they're going to do a couple of movies where maybe the director was good or the writer was good or the source material sounds good, but then the movie was kind of a flop. But like, there's usually something redeeming about it, but you have to find there's certain actors I've found that just have like kind of, you know, have similar taste to me. It's like, if I met, if I met this person in the street, I'd be like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. Fassbender might be a good example of that. Yeah. Because, um, True. I, I explored that movie, uh, Eden Lake. Have you, have you seen that one? Yeah, his that horror movie. Oh, the, I love that fucking movie. He, yeah, that was a fantastic movie. I wouldn't have checked it out if I hadn't seen that, you know, oh, he's in it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And that movie just blew me away. And he's kind of like a side character in that movie. He's not the main person. But, um, you know, that was that was one that I was really glad that I, I went after because I had heard it his depends. name attached. Yeah, it depends if you trust their judgment or not. Like, I'm a huge Nicolas Cage apologist. I love Raising Arizona Wild at Heart. Yeah, man. Um, Those are both he, great. But he basically just doesn't care. Whereas I also love Tom Cruise. I'm a Tom Cruise apologist. And he's apparently fair, very particular as to what projects he chooses. And, and if I'm going to go see a blockbuster, you know, I'll trust what he picks. So that is a good point. I mean, it just depends on how much the actor themselves care right um about what they're in so jenna what, to get back to the question what would you pick out as a movie that this guy should watch right fucking now i'm gonna go ahead and go with a, a documentary which maybe is a cop out uh of plimpton starring george plimpton as himself i don't know if you guys saw this or you know about it i heard about it i i'll definitely check it out because i do like his stuff a lot he it, that was the thing i i really kind of went into it not knowing that much about it 
And I mean, he was just so charming and, and so genuine. I mean, and this was, you know, it's, uh, he founded the Paris review and then he was just someone who grew up rich and then had the money that he could have just floundered. He could have done nothing, but he decided, you know, I'm going to go see like, you know, how, how people live. I want to go experience things. And, and he, you know, is completely open to the fact that he's going to probably fail at most of the things he tries and that, you know, all the sports stuff, like, you know, these guys are professionals, you know, and, and he gets out there and he goes, Oh no shit. You know, like, <laughs> Uh, you know, you sit there in the stands, like watching football or whatever, and you think I can do that. And then you get out there, literally out there on the field. And he realizes, oh, I cannot do this. <laughs> but it was uh, just very charming, very, you know, genuine and very sincere. And it's sort of the type of thing where, you know, it could be passed off as like fluff news pieces of like, you know, a man joins the circus. Let's see what happens. But for some reason, he really he does bring this real air and, and gravity to all of it. And you can see maybe how fluff pieces sort of have come out of it since that are, are not nearly as good because the person doing it, the subject isn't as good and they're not as sincere. So that was just like a really interesting and, you know, kind of inspiring documentary. I thought it was it was really well done and cute and underrated. When you brought it up, I thought it was going to be about Bill Plimpton, the uh, the cartoonist. That's why. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, he's good, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. I wonder if this was the inspiration for Shaquille O'Neal's show where he would play a prominent athlete in each sport at their own sport <laughs> to see if he could beat them. Which was an amazing fucking show. <laughs> oh, did you watch that show? <laughs> There's some great clips of it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I watched like three episodes and gave up, but yeah. that just came to mind. I don't know if it's exactly from it, but there's this great clip on YouTube where it's Shaquille O'Neal and Chris Angel. Do you oh, know no. what I'm talking about? And I have not seen that. It's Chris Angel levitating uh, Shaquille O'Neal over his own house and then back to like his backyard. <laughs> and it's the fakest looking thing you've ever seen in your entire life. And the way that they did it is that it looks like almost like a drone attached to like a balloon or something like a balloon replica of Shaquille O'Neal that they like cut Perfect. to. And it's so horrible and it's amazing. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite things on YouTube. So if you're listening, definitely check that out. <laughs> but Excellent. My, yeah, but my pick for a movie to check out for this guy, George, is um, a movie that I avoided for like a really long time, completely arbitrarily. I just never got around to it. And I finally watched it recently. I adored it, which is the Todd Haynes movie Safe with Julianne Moore. Have you guys oh, seen that? Oh, that's a great movie. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. So fucking good. And people had been recommending it to me for ages. And I like Far From Heaven a lot. There was no, literally no reason for me not to watch this movie. But for some reason, I just never did. And then I finally did. And yes, everybody's fucking right. It's totally up my alley and I adore it. And it's just an amazing movie. That was the paranoia about the virus. I don't know if that I hope that's not a spoiler. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's basically it's about like a environmental disease, like causes of like uh, you know exposure to chemicals and stuff, and people having reactions to that. It's it's a heavy fucking movie, really, really, really well done. Excellent movie. Our next question is from Anthony, and he asks, "What's the weirdest movie?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll let one of you guys one. go first because I like weird movies, <laughs> so I want to think of one. Weirdest is hard because movies can be weird for completely weird reasons. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like weird good or weird bad because weird good movies are usually like Ken Russell movies and I love Ken Russell. And, you know, that's the type of stuff I get into. The weird stuff that basically, you know, makes you stop and think and, and have to put together, you know, 
metaphors and and pictures and sounds and emotions and and you know derive some meaning from it by making a you know an effort is usually the type of film that I, I'm really drawn to. Mm-hmm. But then there's a plenty of movies that I've seen that are like, this was just fucking weird, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> in like a bad way. Like I guess the most recent example of something I, I thought was just bad and also just bizarre was that movie Reflections in a Golden Eye. Have you seen that? Either of you? You told me I about it before. I forget which one's that it's, that one is. So. It's like Marlon Brando as this like a closeted army officer and then his wife is elizabeth taylor and she like you know is desperately horny and like hates him and then like there's this whole you know people group of people around them and then they have this dysfunctional marriage and i mean i think mostly what made it weird is that brando's accent is terrible he has this awful fake southern accent Mm. that is like you can't it's like hard to decipher and then just it just it's just unwatchable. It's like, you know, like there's no plot. These characters are like really like opaque. And it's just like that sort of it's I think it's it's a Houston. And I feel like oh, really? as a director, he can get really schizophrenic sometimes. Oh, yeah. He's he's it's like when he's good, he's great. But when he misses, it's just so bad. It's just so like poorly put together. Cronenberg's kind of like that too. I mean, he had that movie uh, Cosmopolis. I think I, it was. I didn't like that. Very fucking weird movie, and not weird in a good way. At least per my tastes. I mean, the first scene where they're in like a limo, very fucking strange scene. Very weird movie. Did you see that one? Yeah, I saw that movie. I didn't like it at all. And I'm actually, you know, a bit like I said, a big Cronenberg fan. Ironically, a Cronenberg movie came to mind with me, which I I wasn't going to use. The Brood which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cosmopolis, yeah, was just an absolute train wreck in my opinion. That's a weird one, man. Yeah. <laughs> really, really weird. There's another one that I was going to mention, which is uh, this movie that I haven't actually seen yet, but it's one of those ones where I just need to fucking plop down and buy the DVD and just get it. And Because my curiosity is just fucking grabbing me about it, which is this movie called The Biggest Fan. And there is this... Uh, band called dream street which was like a uh, boy band but just made of actual boys and there was like a lot of legal trouble that they ran into with like the the people that like found them and like their parents and everything and like they basically disbanded after like one album and they have this song that you've heard a million times but you just don't know it's them you just assume it's like backstreet boys or whatever it's i think it's called like it happens every time or something And they made a movie called The Biggest Fan, which is basically just a movie hyping the band with like a story built around a girl who who is obsessed with this band. And it was just all their songs in the movie and everything. And there was all these legal troubles with like the parents and the managers and everything. And the movie like wasn't released ever. And then like finally a couple years ago, it was finally released. And I've seen like a couple minutes of it on YouTube and it's so strange because it's like presenting this total alternate reality where this, you know, real band is like the biggest band in the world and everything. And this girl loves the guy and like he shows up and like she's with him and everything. And I can tell I'm going to fucking love this movie. Like it's so bizarre, the stuff that I've seen from it. So that would be my pick. I hope somebody fucking watches it. (laughs) When did that movie come out? That movie finally came out in 2005 and I think it was supposed to come out in like 2000 or something when like the band was actually around and all that. (laughs) Yeah, that's about as obscure as it gets. Um, (laughs) 
my uh, my nomination is I don't know I I've always been a fan of like I don't know if you guys have seen the Room or Miami Connection of course or, yeah um, Tro- Troll Two stuff like that yeah uh, Birdemic but as a fan of those my absolute favorite is a movie called Things from 1989 it's the first Canadian straight to video horror movie I've seen the cover <laughs> of that the cover yeah. is amazing it is absolutely amazing it it looks like the worst the worst most bizarre thing you've seen on Tim and Eric if you've seen them like the movie starts out with a lady in a demon a, a naked woman in a demon mask trying to steal a baby um <laughs> and the entire movie is looped it like it sounds the, like the trash dialogue. humpers oh yeah the <laughs> harmony right yeah um, but none of the dialogue matches up with the mouths in the entire movie. And it's just the most unintentionally surreal, hilarious movie I've ever seen. I mean, I would literally go out and buy it right now if you have any uh, interest in, you know, inten- unintentionally bad movies. Oh, I got to um, see that one because I've, yeah, I've seen the cover for years and the cover is just fantastic. It's a guy with a mullet and a leather jacket holding a, a drill on the cover. <laughs> and I, I, I can't really even define it, but it, it I promise you it'll be pr- pretty much the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Awesome. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks, man, for coming on. It was so great, like digging up those fucking tweets with you, man. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. I love your guys' show, so thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks. All right, final words. Jenna, you got any final words for our audience? Uh, if you like these Amazon tweets, I would suggest on your own uh, just looking at um, YouTube comments for R. Kelly videos, <laughs> <laughs> which are about equally as amazing for the most part. Uh, the one taste of, of, of this that I can remember off the top of my head is if you for the song um, Sex Weed by R. Kelly. A great song. I'm a huge R. Kelly fan. By oh, R- no, R. Kelly is pretty fantastic. But this this comment was like, it, there, there's, I think it ended with like, look, just be honest. If you like sex and you like weed, this is the song for you. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. So do it. That's, that's about as good as Amazon tweets. Yeah. I enjoy YouTube comments just as much, but they're so poorly put together that I wouldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even fathom putting those out into the world. Oh man. Um, oh, they're I, minefield. I, um, I don't have any other final thoughts other than I, I love your guys' uh, podcast. It's very few you know, film podcasts I've stumbled across that are interesting. So uh, thanks for having me on and I appreciate it. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Great to have you, dude. All right. We are wrapping it up. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.